Hi, uh, this is uh, Bookish Talk, uh, the shorter version of Pipeline's podcast. And today we have a guest from uh, from the United Kingdom, uh, Rebecca Pajam. Hi. And uh, hi, Rebecca. Nice to see you. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of uh, uh, Rebecca's uh, book projects and other art projects. And uh, another topic we wanted to discuss is uh, uh, Rebecca's condition and uh, how it uh, affects uh, uh, her craft and uh, what solutions she found uh, uh, to to help her uh, work with with this condition uh thanks a lot rebecca for for coming to our podcast uh, my co-host uh, pavel joins us from moscow as usual hi, hi pavel <laughs> and i'm stepan i'm in versailles uh and well let's begin uh, can you please uh, start with uh, uh talking a bit about your path to bookmaking uh, what's what's your education what's your experience uh, with arts in general okay so um i graduated from university about seven years ago from southampton and i did a ba honors illustration um so a lot of the things that we explored were printmaking life drawing and then more into my third year um, we learned a bit about bookbinding and the, the lady who does um, teaches printmaking, she also specializes with bookbinding and she had like sort of sign up like classes for that and that's something that interested me so I'd come along to those and we learned how to do concertinas, um, pamphlet binding, Japanese stab binding, which, was, yeah I really enjoyed it and then um, during my final major project um, I after the kind of like initial stages of it I was kind of stuck as to what direction I was going to go in I didn't know where my project was going and what was helpful was um, we had uh, Georgie Hounsom from Pirate Press come in um, to do an optional bookmaking project so it's like a self-publishing thing. So you come up with a with your own book and then you keep half of them, of the edition, and then they keep another half and go on to sell it at a fair in London. And I ended up producing a Japanese stab-bound book um, based on the bees that make honey at the top of the Opera Garnier in Paris. And then for my final major project, I made a series of handmade books based on the very little known things about Paris because we went on a Paris trip and travel always like, inspired my work. So yeah, so since then I have continued um, making books. Um, and so so it, was, it was a sort of uh, mixed experience in, in, in arts, uh, printing and bookmaking, all, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, and you don't have your half of the run because you've sold it all? Yeah. <laughs> Good <laughs> That's for great. You. <laughs> Good for That's you. And it's in the loft at my mum's. I don't have it here. I wish I did, but I've got photos, so I'll send those. Yeah. <laughs> so that was definitely a success. And uh, what was your next move? So, um, so I graduated from uni, which is always a kind of difficult point because you're it's sort of like, here you go, go now out in the world. So I had to 
I had to start working um, full time to support, um, to pay the rent and support myself. Um, and I'd, I'd try out making a few things. They wouldn't, they wouldn't turn out right. I didn't have the right ideas. And so for a while I kind of didn't make much work because I was like, oh, I think I'm producing is just rubbish or whatever. I kind of went through a phase like that. And um, then I met up with a friend from college. So before I did my honours degree, I did a BTEC national diploma in art and design, specialising in illustration. And my friend from the course um, told me about uh, an, an art market in London where you could you bring along things that you've made and you can sell them on. And she said, oh, I'm thinking of working on like a zine. And I thought, oh, that's that sounds cool. You know, I've done handmade books before. So we worked on a little project together. And then I, then the ball started kind of like rolling again. And I started to get ideas from other trips I'd taken. And I produced a book based on um, a trip to Florence seven years ago. And then, yeah, I just, I just kind of like carried on with that. Sometimes I needed like refreshing um, with the techniques. So I got a really good book on um, book binding and, and yeah, there's like pictures and instructions on like how to make almost any kind of book. So that's been really good. I've learned um, a few ways of book binding through there. And, and, and what, what, what was the book? It was called, uh, it's called Making Handmade Books. Mm-hmm. I don't recall the author. Okay, okay. Maybe books. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can add the link to the book later if yeah. if if we find it. <laughs> yeah. So that's been good, and also just um, networking. So after having my having the book that my friend and I worked on at the fair, I emailed the organizer of the event and said, you know, is it possible in the future I could have my own stall? And he said, yes, of course. And that started um, being something that I, I do like two or three times a year, have a stall. And as, I mean, it's great. It's great to kind of get your work out there and to sell your work. But also for me, a lot of it was networking with um, customers and also fellow store holders as well. And see, have a look at what they do. And, you know, you can always ask questions and you can also get some good feedback as well so that's been yeah that's been very um influential with my work too it's just like the people that I've met um who've had a look at my work and vice versa kind of just inspire each other really so it's, it's great yeah this is this is a very uh it can be a very useful and uh, a pleasant experience uh, talking to new people on, on on book fairs and uh, other events like that and uh, uh I, I, I always enjoy uh, uh, talking to people during the fairs, but sometimes they have some sort of after party or something like that, and I hate it because it's just so, so an uncomfortable moment for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> completely. Some, some days I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think Pavel uh, thinks differently. <laughs> he, he should be more comfortable in stations like that, I guess. <laughs> I really wanted to ask you about your process making uh, those books of yours that document your trips, because there's much discussion 
now how uh, how do we remember our lives because photos clearly don't do it for many people no. i try i tried drawing during my, uh, my my trips but you often have so little time uh, as a finished product it's also not good enough uh, do you draw during your trips and then turn them into a finished object yeah so um i'm gonna do this book as an example so this is one i made inspired by um so i went on a cruise a few years ago it's part of my mum's like big birthday um we went to and it's like mirrored but athens catacolon and santorini and i just i was just so it was just so inspirational like there's just like the colors and the, like being by the sea and just kind of like the kind of greek culture and i'd never been to greece before so i found it really interesting so I, this one is pamphlet bound and I used um, some really nice blue wax thread from Shepherd's Book Binders in London. Yeah, they've got a whole variety there, it's just so exciting. So some of these sketches um, were drawn from observation and some I took photos or did kind of very little sketches from what I could remember and then work back in when I got home and you know it's never a crime to use image references either even if they are your own so this um was drawn very quickly from observation review when we we're in Santorini and then what I do is I I scan it into photoshop and I add the color later and that's a really good way for me to kind of change things up and again I, I arrange a lot of my imagery on photoshop um, but also just noting down the names of some of the places you've been to so you can get the right image reference because you can think, oh, well, there's this great restaurant I went to. Oh, it looked like this, but what was the name? And if you don't know the name, then you can't find out what it looks like. And then it's like, oh, you kind of have to go onto Google Maps and sort of like virtually go down the street to try and jog your memory. Um, so yeah, many of them, well, like say for example, this page. I didn't draw. I didn't draw this from observation. So I did. Um, I did, probably did like a couple of them. And this is actually very close to the original sketchbook spread that I did. I did. I did a bit of kind of shifting a few images around, but generally this is what my page looked like. Um, so from photographs and basic sketches. And we went back on the ship and I actually found it, I actually found it very difficult to sleep on the ship. A lot of um, the people who I was, my family would just like go off and have a nap after the excursion and I couldn't sleep. So I'd, I'd go into the cafeteria and where it was very empty and I'd get a cup of coffee and I'd sit with my sketchbook and my materials and just and look on my phone and use image reference for that and um yeah just it's just really good like from downtime to just kind of it's almost like taking it back into the studio except you're not at a studio you're on a ship but um but yeah so that's pretty much how I do my imagery so yeah it's a mixture of observational sketches and and drawing from photographs which is very it's a very tricky thing to do sometimes because you don't want the image to necessarily to look 
like the photo you may do but if you don't it's a very difficult thing to do yeah i i hope it helps some some of our viewers because uh, it's it's always uh, quite quite insightful to uh, see how a different person uh uh works uh, during their creative process and uh, what the tricks they use to you know to to help themselves uh so uh we met initially on on facebook uh, in in the in uh, I think uh, I'm a bookbinder uh, group or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you you wrote about uh, one particular issue uh, because uh, because of your uh, hypermobility syndrome uh, that uh, you have trouble uh, trimming books uh, uh, or, or lots of books. Uh, so uh, yeah. first, uh, did did you find any solution to to your uh, to this current problem? And uh, if you can uh, speak more about uh, uh, the, uh, this condition and uh, how you deal with it, uh, uh, that would be great. Okay. Yeah, so it was actually only two years ago I got diagnosed. <laughs> um, and these things could take a while to um, be picked up on. So I was diagnosed with hypermobility spectrum disorder, which basically means that my joints are hypermobile. They're not... Um, and it causes me a lot of uh, joint pain. Um, a lot of, I think when you mention joint pain, a lot of people automatically think arthritis. But arthritis is when your joints are very stiff and that can happen with hypermobility. But with hypermobility, it's quite the opposite. It's your, what they call double jointed, which is often seen as quite a cool thing or whatever, but like, it's actually, it's actually not as cool as it sounds. <laughs> being able to do party tricks I mean that's great but like it yeah so it um so I'm, mo I'm mostly affected in the lower half of my body but I do have issues um my wrists are hypermobile that's when doing book binding can be very difficult especially if I've got to put any kind of like stress on it um it also well well, well Benny has uh, many of uh, small movements and precise movements and then th that's that's where you need your priests at their best so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. and it can also cause me fatigue as well one of the main issues that i discussed was uh trimming the books so when i make books like this one once i've bound it there's still some excess needs to be trimmed down and uni at uni we were taught to like don't don't use one of those guillotines because you're you're trimming a lot of pages so the best way to do it is with a mat and a knife and a ruler sorry that's a very precise thing and when you do it you've got to start off light but you've got to keep it your hand in place too and um yeah that can yeah that can cause me a lot of like aching and pain in my wrists so um, one way I've got around that is contacting um, local print shops because they can do they can do like finishing like like trimming and things like that. So that's been really good. Um, some places do it for free, and some some places it's like a small fee, but it's absolutely worth it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, that 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 sounds great, especially if some some places are ready to do that for free and. Uh... Uh, I guess uh, this should be a great advice to some of our viewers because uh, I, I, I've seen similar questions uh, on the web before 
because many many hobby binders do not know what to where to trim their books and how to how to better trim their books and sometimes they can can do it can can do it on their own but uh, the results are not always perfect so well yeah the first advice is to, to find the local printing shop <laughs> and uh, any other solutions uh, with uh, book trimming and maybe with some other process because besides uh, trimming uh, there are other processes that can be i guess taxing uh, with, with your yeah. condition yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so because in terms of production, especially if we're making quite a lot of books, there's always that kind of um, there's always that kind of urge to just go and make a ton. Like sometimes, like I, like I can I can work like a machine, and sometimes I've got to like say, look, realistically, you're not going to get all of this done in one night, you know. So um, so I've had to kind of like, um, so like pacing like really helps. And if I'm having, having a, an evening or an afternoon where I want to get something done, but my body's just like not up for it, um, like not to get annoyed with myself that I can't do it, just to say, look, you, you're gonna do a great job with this once you've taken a bit of time off from it. Sort of thing. So yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of it is just like pacing out, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that that's a great advice for for any 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 crafts crafts person or any person at all, because uh, you always need to uh, you know to to pace your uh, your work, and uh, it's it's never good to be overworked. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so that definitely that's all that also works for everybody. Yes. Um, I I also. Uh, I just thought about it. I'm not sure if uh, anyone recommended uh, uh, you this uh, option because uh, uh, there is this class of tools or type of tools, uh, vertical plows. Uh, uh, it's a bit different from uh, traditional uh, bookbinding plows, but uh, uh, because because traditional bookbinding plows still demand some pressure from you, and it's a repetitive movement, so uh, it can be it can be hard uh, to to do this, uh, uh, but um, Vertical plows, uh, uh, I, at least I think, uh, they, they demand much, much less pressure during this movement uh, uh, phase of, of cutting. And uh, uh, maybe it, it may be a solution for, for uh, uh, some people with uh, uh, hypermobility spectrum disorder. Uh, I, I'm not sure, uh, but maybe just a guess. <clears throat> So uh, can, can you show us maybe some other of your works uh, and uh, maybe some more recent projects? Uh... Yeah, absolutely. So as well as the Athens Cataclo Santorini book, I have brought three of my miniature concertina books I'd like to make. I think I, I I've seen at least uh, one or two of them on on, on Facebook. Uh, you shared yeah. uh, you shared previously. <laughs> so this is um, probably the first one that I made, and it was originally um, paperback. And because it was because it did so well at fairs, I then took it into hardback. So this one's cats and dogs. <laughs> So little belly band that holds it together. And open it up. Yeah, so it's up like this. And each image is a cat and a dog. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's nice. It's a theme and subject matter that I've been I've been interested in in um, since my second year of uni. Um, I started drawing a lot of dogs. I just couldn't stop. <laughs> I started drawing dogs, and then it was cats as well. So I just thought I'd make a little celebration book of that. And these miniature books, um, these were inspired by a publishing platform called Micro Library Books, who are based in East Sussex as well. And um, they usually use an entire, so these books that I make, they are half a sheet of A4 paper. Whereas they make theirs with, an, with a whole um, sheet of paper, I don't know, I. I I find for me it's a lot easier to make them just a bit smaller. But yeah, they were the like sole inspiration for these miniature books. So there's the cat one. I've got uh, one pigs. It's 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 great that uh, you also showed us uh, how, how this uh, uh, book is laid out, and uh, I guess this also may be an inspiration for some of our viewers to make uh, similar similar uh, miniature books out of uh, half a sheet of uh, A4 paper. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one of the questions I get asked a lot is whether um, all my books are like completely handmade and. They are handmade, so I make I make the books myself and I do the covers too um, with board and colour paper. Uh, but each each book is um, a copy, so they're not they're not all like one offs. So they're all hand drawn, scanned in, arranged in Photoshop, and then printed. Um, but obviously I laid them out in the way that I know that it's going to um, work when I turn the paper like that. And I often make um, prototypes before I go into the final thing. So I just print, I print like a dummy book onto just like plain um, printer paper just to see if it'll work and if I'm happy with the layout. So I can always change it then and then I use this ivory paper but yeah so this one just lots of so these are printed on some special sort of paper yeah it's just it's like a thin it's a thin ivory um paper which I bought online I used to be able to get it from one of the local stationery shops but um that shop closed down so I had yeah so I had to order it online and it's not as it's not as thin as um, printer paper. It's like it's like 120 GSM. It's still quite thin, but it's not it's not like verging on card or anything. <laughs> um, yeah. And then this is a final final book I'm going to show you. And this one was inspired by Noah's Ark. So as you know, Noah's Ark, he had. Um, two of every animal on the boat. So it's two of every animal, so guinea <laughs> pigs. I need, I need to show this to my wife. <laughs> she, she loves guinea pigs. <laughs> can, can, you, can you pause just for a moment, Sophia? Can you come, come? Oh, oh she sees on, on a big screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is great. And it's good because I could interpret it. I didn't have to think, okay, which yeah. animals were on yeah. the boat or on yeah. the 
I just need to show this. Uh, this is uh, something uh, my my father's wife drawn for us. Uh, there are three three pictures of uh, guinea oh, pigs doing yoga, and this is one. And uh, these are two more. Oh, they're lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Sorry, sorry, sorry for, for interruption. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for showing me those. Um, well, uh, uh, well, I have to say, the, uh, uh, they are not the first animals you think of when you think about Noah's Ark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yet clearly they were there, they're still with us. <laughs> yeah. This is it, it's kind of open to inspiration, so I thought, oh, I can add any animals that I like, really. I don't have to think, okay, two penguins, two lions, necessarily. Why not have guinea pigs? There's dogs. So come back. I've got giraffes, um, hedgehogs. With hedgehogs. Yeah. <laughs> got penguins, two bears. And this one's double-sided, so it continues on. So I had to print these two monkeys. Um, so I had to print these double-sided, which is really fun. We've got cats, zebras, um, dinosaurs. I mean, <laughs> well, American friends. You know, not <laughs> birds, foxes, um, lions. And then what I decided to do was to have to do something with the underneath space. So usually I use, I leave that blank. And I was thinking, okay, what kind of um, hidden animals could I have underneath? And I was thinking I could have like maybe hermit crabs. Um, but instead uh, I decided to do bats. So these have like- Wow. <laughs> they're, they're, hidden, they're hidden underneath the um, arc. That's, that's nice, yeah. So, Bats, bats are usually uh, often often get get overlooked. So <laughs> nice to see them here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that's that's those. Yeah. I really enjoy doing the um, the pop outs, but I I try not to make it too complex. Just something that's very kind of it like simple but effective. Yeah. As I understand, you sell them at, at fairs, uh, uh, among other things. Uh, well, not uh, not only at fairs. You have your Etsy shop, uh, but uh, this this past year was uh, uh, quite hard for for people who are selling things at fairs. Uh, uh, yeah. How was it for you? And uh, uh, what are your plans uh, with the uh, UK graduate opening now? And uh, uh, are there any any fairs planned for the rest of the year? How how, how does it go? Right, so obviously with um, with what's happened the past year, um, like real life fairs have been cancelled, they've not been going on. So um, some fairs have become virtual, so they're via Instagram where you upload what you're selling to your story and tag them in it and then they share it and you become part of the market. So I took part in those. Um, I've also... It's also um, pushed me to um, promote myself more on social media because of, well, I mean, even outside the pandemic, people use 
um, social media a lot, um, but even more so. So it's been um, joining more kind of small groups on Facebook, um, promoting what I've got on um, my Instagram. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. I did have one market in September, um, which was great. Obviously, um, had to wear masks and things like that. And at first I was a bit kind of wary about the turnout because I thought, well, maybe some people don't feel so confident in coming out in public to a market or a fair with what's going on. Um, but actually it was, it was a great turnout and it was really nice to catch up with fellow still holders because um, when I do the same event, a lot of other people do the same event as well. So it's sort of like, oh, hello, nice to see you kind of thing. So it's quite good. You kind of like make um, like art friends <laughs> through there. Um, so that's good. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping to do a market in, um, I think it's gonna be July, no, 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 September. Um, but I haven't um, I haven't had the email through about um, about uh, requesting a stall yet. So I'm hoping September. But in in the meantime, I'm just sort of yeah, just working on uh, my social media marketing and things like that with um, sending my work. Uh, over the past few years, I found uh, I realized that Instagram is much more useful. Uh, uh, as, as a promotion uh, platform compared to Facebook. Facebook, uh, it seems to me that Facebook doesn't work at all for, for small businesses uh, <laughs> like ours, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what's your experience with that? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think on, on Instagram, because it's very like picture focused, I think there's more going to be more kind of like artists and independent makers on there and people who you know people who love that kind of thing as well um so I found, yeah, so I found Instagram like there's lot there seems to be a lot more support for um small businesses um Facebook I find is very um compared to Instagram it's very kind of um like person focused so I think it depends on what you make. So some of some things I've made have, have done better in terms of sales through Facebook than Instagram. But it, yeah, it's always it's interesting to see what it is that um, that's more popular on Facebook. I mean, I think on Facebook, usually it's things that people need or are going to use rather than um, an art form or like um, a handmade book or something. Cause I don't know, maybe they're just not looking out for that kind of thing. So sometimes, unless the book has a use. So I do handmade notebooks and I've been able to sell, sell those on my Etsy through promoting on um, Facebook. Then yeah, I tend to find that those sell a bit better, but I think more with um, this past year, um, there's been a lot more kind of awareness that small, 
you know, small businesses need to be supported at this time. So I think Facebook's starting to become a lot more kind of open to that kind of thing. There's, there are more groups for supporting small businesses and creative markets. So, so I think, I, I think it's, I think it's growing in that sense, but usually I find Instagram's more the creative platform for me. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Pavel, do you have anything else to ask? Uh, because I, I think we covered most of the, of the things we wanted to, to talk about. Uh, so if uh, so, so maybe one last question: uh, What are your ambitions? What would what 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 would you like? Where would you like your craft to take you? And where would you like to take your craft? Okay, so um, in terms of my craft, I my my plans are to keep going with them. And just just to keep exploring, really. Um, so I'm actually going back to university in September to study UX design, which is user experience design. And I'm hoping that from that, that will be able to feed into my craft making because it's all because it's very kind of user and customer like consumer focused. So it's like, okay, what what do people like? kind of thing. So I think that's going to be very helpful and useful in my book making business. That, sure. That's an interesting idea. And I guess uh, uh, many of the artisans uh, who, who work with books uh, sometimes forget about uh, the importance of user, user experience because they, they make they make objects for art and then the user is just has has to comply you know with this art. <laughs> so uh, it's great to hear that uh, you are uh, you know concerned about this uh, this issue and this aspect um, yeah, there's a good balance of that so <laughs> great uh, Good luck with your studies. Uh, thank you for uh, for talking to us today, and, uh, and good luck for, with your uh, future projects. Uh, uh, I I hope uh, I I will see and we will see many of your uh, future experiments on on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, our our viewers and listeners can uh, see the links below and check uh, Rebecca's uh, projects uh, uh, and also on her Etsy store. Um, and as usual, thanks to our patrons on uh, Patreon uh, who pay money to us uh, so that we can make this podcast. Uh, and uh, thanks a lot to all our viewers and listeners and our community. And uh, see you next time on iBook Bindings Podcast. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye -bye.